Welcome to Fiscal One-on-One. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a fiscal topic of interest within an Iowa State agency. The following interview was conducted on September 24, 2013 by Beth Lenstra, Senior Legislative Analyst for the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Beth interviewed Patty Wackendorf, Warden of the Iowa Correctional Institution for Women at Mitchellville. They discussed Patty's correctional career, gender-specific treatment program for women offenders, and the new construction project at Mitchellville. Hello, my name is Beth Lenstra, Senior Legislative Analyst of the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Today I'm talking with Patty Wackendorf, Warden of the Iowa Correctional Institution for Women, also known as ICIW. Hello Patty, and thank you for coming in today. Thank you, I'm glad I'm here. When did you first start working in corrections? I actually started back in 1980 at Stateville Correctional Center in Joliet, Illinois. It was a 5,000 bed maximum security men's institution, so that was quite the experience from a farm girl in a town of 2,800 people. (laughs) So what was your hometown? Carthage, Illinois, small town across the river from Fort Madison and Burlington, Iowa. So how did you make it up to warden of the women's prison in Mitchellville? Well, actually, I've wanted to be a warden since I was in grade school. And uh, most people find that interesting because apparently that's not the usual what do you want to do when you grow up kind of career goal. But I watched a movie years ago when I was in junior high and I thought that inmates were abused, so I was going to go in and change the system. So when I was in high school, I used to write wardens and say, I want to be a warden when I grow up. Can I come visit your prison? And I actually did go visit three prisons when I was in high school, and one of them was Rockwell City when the women were there, and then two of them were in Illinois. When you transferred back from Illinois into Iowa, what was your first job in the Iowa system? In 1983, I started in Fort Madison at the uh, penitentiary, and I was a correctional officer and then worked my way up from there. I was there about 15 years. What's your biggest challenges as warden of the women's prison? The obvious answer is staffing and budgets, especially the last five years. It's been a tough time, but when I think about it, the real answer is trying to do everything. The women come to us with so many issues. They have relationship issues. They have substance abuse issues. They have addiction issues. They have mental health and medical issues. And we want to solve all those. We want to fix all those. As a warden, it's my job to send the women out better than what they came in. But with the staffing that we have and and the mammoth amount of duties that we need to do, it's a tough challenge, and it's hard to balance that. So we do the best we can. We try and be as efficient as we can. We try and put the right woman in the right class with the right staff at the right time so that we can make the most use of our resources. But the biggest challenge and the biggest frustration is that we can't do it all. And that's frustrating because the staff do want to send the women out better than when they came in. You've built upon uh, community outreach, if you will, to leverage resources in the community for the prison to help address some of those needs? We use volunteers a great deal of time to supplement our staff. We have hundreds of volunteers that come in and do a a number of groups for us that we wouldn't be able to do without using those volunteers. So they're a great resource for us. Here's a tough question. What's a typical day like for you at work? I don't have a typical day anymore. I'm a planner. I'm a gold for those people that take personality tests. So I go in with my list and my planner of all the things I want to do today and most days I don't get to check one thing (laughs) off of my list. 
And I've kind of accepted that, although it's taken me a few years to accept that my desk will never be clean and everything will not be done by the time I go home that night. I get phone calls from family members, and I always call them back. I mean, they pay my salary, and I feel strongly that sometimes they just want to talk to the warden. They want to vent. They want somebody to listen to them, and I do. And I deal with staff issues. I still like to go and walk around and talk to the women. So it's challenging to try and deal with policy issues, budget issues, offender issues, mental health issues, medical issues, and then talk to somebody's spouse or mom and go home feeling like you made a difference in somebody's day that day. How are women prisoners different than male offenders? I've worked about 15 years with men and now about 16, 17 years with women, and I can tell you from experience men are different than women. And I think any parent that has both boys and girls knows there's a difference with how we raise or how teenage girls are different than teenage boys, and it's the same when they come to prison. Women come to prison for different reasons than men come to prison. Women are less violent than men. Only about 30% of our women are serving time for violent offenses. Women have such great relationship issues and they don't know what a healthy relationship is. So how we treat the women, we have to treat the women as a whole differently than the men. We have to look at why they have an addiction issue. If we only look at why they're an alcoholic or why they abuse substances, instead of looking at why do they get drunk? Why do they get high? And most of the time it's a result of abuse histories. Most of our women come to us with trauma histories. They tend to self-medicate to deal with the sexual violence, the emotional abuse in their background. So we really have to treat that or we're sending them out by just uh, scraping the scab and not dealing with the real issue. If we deal with the real issue, we see that they don't come back to prison. So what treatment or job programs work better for women compared to men? We have a good substance abuse inpatient program out there. It's based on the therapeutic community model, and that works very well with the women. Once again, it's a holistic approach. It's very staff intensive, but the recidivism rate for that program is about 12 to 15 percent. So when we give the resources to those type of programs, it works. And the therapeutic community works much better with the women than it does the guys. I think overall across all of corrections, the recidivism rate is about 30%. 30% for the men, which is a little bit reduced from what it was. And the women, it's now 25%, where it used to be 30%. So when we do give the resources to the women that we know will work in some of those programs, it pays dividends. They don't come back to prison. So it's very cost-effective. And more than just money, it's the right thing to do. Along that line, that actually answers the next question about which programs have been the best success, which would be the therapeutic communities. So what programs have been eliminated, and why were they eliminated? We've had to cut back on programming with our staff reductions. Some of our treatment programs, we have less grief classes, and with women, they have a lot of grief issues, especially if they lose custody of their kids, a lot of grief in their background. Seeking safety, which is a treatment group, making sure they're safe in relationships. Uh, we've had to cut those. Mother support groups to teach women how to be better moms. Victim impact classes, moving on, which are relationship classes. We've had to reduce or cut those programs. We used to teach women hospice, how to run our hospice program. We've had to reduce and cut down on that. Our WISH program is a substance abuse-based program. We've had to cut the number by 15 of the women we serve due to less staff. We used to have a PAWS and a CATS program. We had a relationship with the Animal Rescue League, 
and we took dogs and cats in and took care of them after surgery or re-socialized them so they could be adopted. We've had to cut both of those programs just because we didn't have the staff to supervise them, and that was sad. Victim programs. Do you do any victim programs? We do do victim programs. I mean, we really teach our women that they do have victims, even if it's, uh, quote, victimless crimes. I mean, their kids are without their mom. Their families are now raising their kids. So there are victims out there. So we teach them that, and it takes teachers to have those classes, and we've had to reduce the number of classes that we have for victim impact, and I don't like to do that. Women need to understand, anybody in prison incarcerated needs to understand there's victims out there, and they need to be held accountable for that. During your career, what was the toughest job you held, and why? I think it was a security director at Mitchellville. The security director has to please the warden, and they get marching orders from the wardens. This is what we need to do. But they also have to please the captains and the officers under them. So you're really in the middle, and it's a tough job. You're responsible for everything in that prison that has to do with security, which is almost everything. You're responsible for what staff does, what staff doesn't do. So trying to please the captains who really run the institution, the shift in security on a day-to-day -day basis, and the officers and trying to please the warden at the same time sometimes is a thankless job. So I try to remember that when I give the security director currently uh, direction on where we need to go, that that was probably one of the toughest but most rewarding jobs because you got to work with the line staff every day and see the amount of work that they do and the difference that they make in people's lives. So it was rewarding but probably the most frustrating and the hardest and the most challenging. What has been your greatest accomplishment? Well, we're winding down or in the midst of this huge expansion out there that has been a full-time job trying to develop a design a prison for females here in Iowa so that's been a huge accomplishment we're starting to open buildings now we're open two or three more hopefully this year and seeing what was on paper and now I've moved into my office about two weeks ago so it's really exciting to see us move on to the next phase at Mitchellville and open up will become the reception center and be able to do even more things than we're able to do now because we'll have more space and a few more staff. What do you think your legacy will be? When I became warden about four years ago, almost four years ago, I had some goals in mind. And I knew from working with women in the last 15 years what I thought their needs were. And one of them is how to have a healthy relationship. So I'm really focused on teaching these women what a healthy relationship is. I've had women tell me they associated getting beat up with love because he would beat her up and then say, I love you. So she associated those two together when you're 12 years old. So I really focus and put some resources on what is a healthy relationship because so many times women come to prison because they've allowed or put themselves in a position to get in these unhealthy relationships that end up being in a criminal lifestyle. Yeah. And a lot of that's with no self-esteem and that goes into the whole trauma, abuse issues. So again, you really have to deal with the whole package with the women. So relationships, teaching the women how to have good relationships. Wellness, I really think wellness is a big picture item. We put resources in teaching women. It's not just about looks, um, how much you weigh. It's about how you feel. It's about exercise. It's how you spend your free time to do it in a healthy manner instead of getting into trouble. So I really focus on wellness, relationships, and getting staff to do what they want to do career-wise, giving staff opportunities to develop, whether they want to retire as a correctional officer or as a captain or the next warden, to try and develop your staff is a big priority of mine. And I think ultimately I want to find a way to break the cycle. And I think 
we all need to find a way to do that. But as a warden, if I can teach a woman how to have a healthy relationship, what a healthy relationship is, uh, have more impact in her overall wellness, and she teaches that to her kids, I think we can go a long ways to breaking the cycle so that we can stop the next generation of growing up, coming to prison, getting involved in the criminal justice system, and staying out there and being productive taxpayer citizens and good citizens. So if I can accomplish all those, I hope that's my legacy at Mitchellville. I actually have no more questions unless you want to add anything. I really like to go out and talk to the people about what goes on at Mitchellville because I think the public doesn't know. I think the only time people know what goes on in our prison systems is either if you're a victim, and that's probably not very objective, or if you have a family member in prison, and sometimes that's not very objective. Prison is not what you see on TV. Sometimes the media doesn't do us any favors by presenting these Hollywood-style stories that is not accurate in Iowa. So I like to go out and teach people what we do. We do try and make a difference in these women's lives. We do try and teach them, identify the areas they need to work on, whether it's addiction or relationships or substance abuse or parenting or anger management or mental health or medical issues, and make changes, give them the tools to make the changes that they need so they don't come back to prison. That's our goal, and I want the public to know that we take care of these women. We want them to be safe at the same time keeping our staff members safe and holding them responsible. Obviously, they've made poor decisions in their life. We believe people can change, so we give them the tools necessary to make those changes so they don't come back to prison. That's our goal. I want to thank you for coming in today. I think that goal would be ongoing, and I don't know how you'd ever meet that goal. I never get bored. It's always exciting out there. I look forward to going to work every day, still after 30-some years. I still think that we can make a difference and that people make mistakes and people ought to be allowed to be forgiven for making mistakes. I think business owners ought to give these people an opportunity and hire them so they don't come back to prison. We've all made mistakes. Uh, some people make bigger mistakes than yeah. others but give somebody an opportunity to turn their life around and maybe that job is enough to let them pay their bills so they don't have to return to criminal lifestyle to come back to prison. So it takes everybody to help somebody make a difference and not come back to prison. Well, thank you very much for coming in today. I do appreciate your taking time out of your busy schedule and I do thank you for your years of public service. Thank you, Beth. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you.